know me, my name is Jill Rice. I am the director of ministries here at Fellowship Highcrest. Um, you usually see me in the announcements at the end. Uh, this morning, I get the special privilege of bringing God's word to you, um, and we're going to get to do it with some some friends as well. We're going to have a community group come up here in a little bit. Um, But today, we are going to do a one-week series looking back at some awesome things that God has done through our body in 2020 and look forward to some awesome things that he has in store for 2021. Man, I am so excited about this. We are going to be in Ephesians chapter 3, verses 7 through 13. That is in page 705 of the blue Bibles that normally are in the seats here at Avondale East. That is the New Living Translation. If you are not already there, please go ahead and get there. All right, open those Bibles up, and I am going to begin reading God's Word. This is what you'll find it to say. By God's grace and mighty power, I have been given the privilege of serving him by spreading this good news. Though I am the least deserving of all of God's people, he graciously gave me the privilege of telling the Gentiles about the endless treasures available to them in Christ. I was chosen to explain this to everyone, this mysterious plan that God, the creator of all things, had kept secret from the beginning. God's purpose in all of this was to use the church to display his wisdom and rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was his eternal plan, which he carried out through Christ Jesus, our Lord. Because of Christ, our faith in him, we can now come boldly and confidently into God's presence. I mean, amen, right? Um, So please don't lose heart because of my trials here. I am suffering for you, so you should feel honored. This is God's word. Okay, so we are just a few days away from the new year, right? 2020 is almost over, can we say thank you (laughs) and goodbye. (laughs) Um, And as we always end a new year, we tend to have, want to do these new year's resolutions, right? We want to come up with new goals and it's an exciting time to reset and think about what God has in store for us. Um, But you may be seeing 2021 not very clearly, right? Um, It might be a little blurry for you, a little um, hard to see what is coming up. And maybe you're feeling a little gun shy. 2020 has got you in a place where you're not really wanting to set those those goals. But um, (laughs) I've had some mixed... um, some mixed bags on New Year's resolutions. Uh, one of my successes was I was in college and I had had it with Walmart. It was giving me a lot of anxiety and stress and I didn't want to go there anymore. And I decided I'm going to go a whole year without shopping at Walmart. And I did it and it was the best thing that I've ever done in my life. <laughs> um, and it turned into like a five-year resolution for me. Now, that's really probably the only New Year's resolution that I've carried out for a whole year. Um, one they more likely go like this one. Um, one year I had decided that I would not drink soda or pop uh, when I would go out to eat at restaurants. I was trying to save some money and be a little healthier. This was a great example of you should always have a plan of what you're going to substitute for it. Um, you should know what you're going to do instead. I, I did not. And um, I, I filled it in with milkshakes I love, I love ice cream, and so um, I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> um, so I sure as heck didn't save any money because they're more expensive, and it wasn't any healthier. So, you know, you live and you learn. Um, 
but yeah. So as we are thinking about transitioning from 2020 to 2021, um, and we're looking at our passage today, uh, I think we've got some things to learn. So in the book of Ephesians, this is a letter written by Paul for the church at Ephesus. He had spent several years of his ministry there in the church and had ministered to them, shared the gospel. Um, he had spent more time in Ephesus than he had like any other church, and um, he knew them well. At the time that he wrote the letter, he wasn't in Ephesus, but he was under house arrest by Roman rule. Uh, and he hadn't seen them in a while, and he wanted to remind them of what he had taught them while he was there. And so he's reminding them that um, God's plan for the church was for Jewish and Gentile believers to live in unity under Christ. Um, he was reminding them of all of the things that Jesus Christ had done while he lived on the earth and had done for them when he died for them, right? And he was reminding them that they still had the Holy Spirit living in them and guiding them. And we have that same spirit living and guiding in us today. So as believers, as a reflection of God, um, as a reflection of Christ, we should collectively and individually reveal the character of God um, to help fulfill the plan of God no matter the cost, Right? And we're going to unpack that a little bit more today. As you can see, I have some friends with me. Um, this is a community group. So we talk a lot about community groups here at Fellowship High Crest. And today you're going to get to experience what a community group might feel like. Um, they, they might sit down and read a passage like this and decide to reap it together um, and figure out how to apply it to their lives. So as we walk through this passage, I'm going to ask them some questions about how they would apply it to their lives and how they've seen it worked out um, as a group together. So our first, well, let me introduce everybody. Hey. <laughs> um, all right, here to my left, I have Manny and Demetrius. Um, and then down here on the floor, I have Rika and Rob. And then right here, I have Sheena and Jason. And so uh, we're going to jump into Ephesians chapter 3 here. Verses 7 through 9 um, of our passage, Paul shares God's mission and plan for spreading the gospel. In verse 7, we see that God is the provider and sustainer of everything. Like if he has a plan, then he's going to fund that plan. He's going to make sure that we have what we need to carry it out. Um, verse 8, we see that the gospel is for everyone, no matter their background or how undeserving they might be. Whether that's we think they're undeserving or whether that person thinks they're undeserving. God has a plan for them no matter what. Um, and then in verse 9, we all have a part to play in spreading the good news of God, right? Okay, so here's my first question for you. In verse 8, Paul shares that he is the least deserving of all of God's people. Um, he had had a past. He had a story. He had things that happened in his life and things that he chose to do before he knew Jesus. And that's why he's saying he's the least deserving. But God chose him anyway. God chose him to... Um, bring to fruition his vision of the church. Um, so my question for you is this. Do any of you relate to Paul here? Was there a feeling of being undeserving as an obstacle to being a part of a community group? Um, was there a feeling of just not being worth it when you, um, when you decided to be part, be part of a community group? And how has being part of a community group helped you overcome that? Well, I'll definitely take that one first. Being in community was very new for me before. I think I treated church like a to-go meal. I drive up, get my meal, 
go ride home, <laughs> and then I eat it there. Mm -hmm. um, but now when you're in community, it was a lot of trepidation, like, oh, I got to eat with you in front of you yeah. <laughs> and then give you my opinion on the meal. What if I'm wrong? Mm -hmm. um, and then kick that up a notch when we were at, me and my husband were asked to co-lead. I was like, oh, God, they are they sure that they want me <laughs> to, to talk to other people about the word of God? I'm sure there's someone um, who was more deserving. But what I found through it all, oh, and then on top, to put the cherry on the cake, is that my husband and I had been married for less than a year. So as we're meeting all of our new community members, um, everyone has been married 15, 20 years plus. Their children are probably our ages. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, God. What, clearly, there's nothing I can add of value to these people. Um, but what being in community really helped me understand is that God calls everyone. Mm. We're all called to give the word of God and share the God. And that doesn't mean we preach a sermon, but just be partnering with someone, being present with someone, and living out love and walking in the word of God and community is spreading the gospel. And uh, this community definitely helped me overcome that feeling of inadequacy to where in other areas of my life I have walked bolder mm. um, because I know I have a community that loves me and my family. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, so for me, uh, I'll have to take a, a trip down memory lane. I remember when I first came to Fellowship Highcrest and uh, was one of the founding members, and I was freshly out of prison then. I just did serve 10 years and I remember uh, us going to through this uh, series called DTF. It was define the define the relationship or something like that. I'm probably saying it wrong, um, but it was it was really calling us into community. It was really making us make a commitment. And I know that was some of the that was one of the toughest things for me because I viewed myself as an island up until that point uh, because I was isolated, I was separated, and and when I got out, I felt a bit ostracized ostracized uh, because of my past experiences. And it was kind of hard for me to relate to everyone because I didn't feel like they went through uh, the same thing that I did. And so coming into my community group now, uh, it really helped me to see the parallels that each and every one of us had in our lives. Uh, we may have had uh, different paths in life. We may have uh, of experienced life in a different way. But there were so many parallels that we could share and pour into one another's lives and say, hey, this is how I, I, God got me through this point in my life. And we were able to come alongside one another uh, for a simple cup of coffee or, um, um, you know, just just a, a text message or us, you know, dropping a, a few words in the, um, in the chat to encourage one another. So, I mean, you know, sometimes we look at uh, life as uh, we have to be this island and we have to have it figured out. But there's there's somebody sitting right next to you in front of you that can have the same or similar uh, you know story as you and you know this this was such a blessing to have these people in, in my group and I'm just so glad that I chose community. Yeah. Thank you. Man, thanks for sharing that. That's so good. All right. Question number two. Paul's calling was to bring the message of Jesus to the Gentiles and bring unity in the church between the Jewish believers and the Gentile believers. Um, as believers, we are all called to share the story of Jesus with people. So this is what I want to know. How has being part of a community group helped you answer God's calling in your life? Um, and can you share a story about that, how you've lived that out? Um, I'll go ahead and take that question. 
Um, a lot of times we ascribe uh, the calling on a person's life um, to a select few individuals. Um, people that decide to go through a class, um, get a certificate, and wear a collar. But the truth is, like Demetrius already shared, is that all of us are called to minister the gospel of Christ. Mm -hmm. um, you mentioned the disunity between the Jewish and the Gentile yeah. believers. Um, and we see that same type of disunity today. Um, there's disunity in our communities. There's disunity even amongst believers in the church. Um, what I have found in my own experience is that the best ministry takes place in community. Um, mm -hmm. We get to come together and we rub against one another even in the good ways and in the bad ways. And it helps us to learn to love each other in the way that God has um, designed for us to love each other. And that is in spite of our faults. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of times people, um, you know, get ostracized or they get a label attached to them because of the things that they've done in their past. But what we know about God is that he identifies you for who he has called you to be, mm. not for the things that you have done. Mm -hmm. You don't have to explain your whole life story, although that's a part of your testimony. It's not who you were, it's who you are in Christ that mm. uh, he has called you to be, and that is what you use to spread the gospel. Um, and that is how effective community is brought about. Yeah, I guess for me, um, community is more on uh, the guy side. Um, because of this group, I've started meeting with guys outside our regular community group and encouraging each other. And, you know, being a, a husband and a father and a, the spiritual lead of your house is a huge responsibility. And so to have other guys come along and give you that support and that encouragement that I never would have met if I wouldn't have been in a community group is just, it's something I really, really need now. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's just kind of that, like, thinking about God intended, like, he, he knew beforehand that this is what you needed. He had purpose for it um, before you were ready to jump into it. I love that. Um, all right, so our second half of our passage is verses 10 through 13, and this is where we see how the gospel and the church have an impact on the world around us. Um, in verse 10, we see that the church reveals the character of God um, to the universe, uh, whether that's uh, people that are already believers or unbelievers. Um, people understand who God is through his church, okay? Verse 11, we learn that believers, as a reflection of Christ, should live in a way that helps fulfill the plan of God for the church. Um, that's that calling and that purpose in our lives. Verse 12 tells us that believers get to enter into God's presence with boldness and confidence. I mean, can I just sit there for a second? We get to go into the presence of God, not in, like, fear of being smited down, <laughs> um, which is truthfully what we deserve, um, but we get to go into his presence with boldness and confidence because of what Jesus Christ has done. And when we do it in community, we get to do it together, right? Man, that's awesome. Um, and finally there in verse 13, persecution and suffering are opportunities to spread the gospel. 
like God uses those horrible, difficult things to spread his gospel. So my next question for you is, um, we learned that one of the purposes of the church here is to reveal God's character to people. So what have you learned about God um, because you spent time together in a community group? I will take that question. Uh, as far as my community group and the characteristic of uh, love, I learned that Jesus Christ is the n- number one characteristic of love. And my group has uh, walked me through. I was failing as a husband and loving my wife and loving my children. And they, they walked me through weekly, daily, uh, through community of what a man should be in his household, being a leader, showing love on a daily basis, as well as me going to Tuesday Bible study and other men challenging me in what it is to love. And I feel like my, without my community group, I'll be not in a good place when it comes to that layer of love and what my family and what my wife most needed from me. Yeah, I completely agree with them. I think really seeing the love of God through people has changed my life. Um, because, you know, earlier I had talked about the vulnerability. So imagine when you have to be vulnerable with a group of people. It's like one big trust fall. Are they going to mm-hmm. catch me or are they not? Right. And when we've been in times where, you know, someone's being extremely vulnerable and then they're just surrounded by love, it's one of the most powerful things I've seen and experienced that yeah. it's now helped me love other people better because it's like, oh, this is what true love is. It's not mm-hmm. the the things that we see on TV or these imaginary fairy tales that we think in our head, like, oh, when you're my Prince Charming, I will love you. It's Mm. like, no, even when you're imperfect, Mm. you know, I will love you, even just what it looks like to give people grace. And I think community has just really revealed that unlimitless love of God in just a completely different way for me. It's more tangible now. Yeah. Man, that was so good. Like, the fact that community gives us space and the ability to to love people without expecting something back from them. Like, I am far more patient um, with everyone in my life when I spend time with my community group. And I am far less patient <laughs> with people when I don't spend time with my community group. Um, that's truth. <laughs> okay, question number four here. Paul was under house arrest when he was preaching, or um, he was under house arrest for preaching the gospel, um, and he, so he was certainly experiencing struggle when he was writing this letter to the Ephesians. Um, but he tells them, like, hey, don't be disappointed. Um, you're still an encouragement to me, and I'm an encouragement to you because we have the gospel. So I was originally going to ask, have you experienced anything difficult in 2020? I, I don't need to ask that question. Like, let's just assume that we've all experienced something difficult in 2020. We've lived it, all right? Um, so my question is going to be, can you share something with us that, you, that has been a struggle for you this year? And then how has God used your community group to help you with that struggle? Okay, I'll take that one. Um, in the book of James, he starts out by saying, count it all joy when you go through trials of various kinds um, because it produces perseverance. Before 2020, that verse really didn't make a lot of sense to me. But in March of 2020, um, we found out that our 17-year-old son had been heavily addicted to drugs for the past year and a half. And we didn't know about it. So it was a shock to us. Um, So we started praying, uh, really reading the word, and pressing into Jesus. And we knew he was a mess, and we could not help him at home. 
So we had to find a, a residential treatment center. So we shared with our community group our story, and they started praying for us and praying with us. And um, God started working. I mean, he never stops working. He, is, mm. he never sleeps. He mm. never stops working. But we really started seeing the evidence of, of God. And, um, and within a few weeks, we found a Christian-based residential center um, mm. in uh, another state. Um, and in May, the morning after Mother's Day, we sent him off for seven to nine months treatment. Um, and a lot of people would say to me, gosh, you know, you have to send your son away um, on Mother's Day. And I mm. said, God's timing is never wrong. Um, that was a gift to me mm. on Mother's Day to um, send my son away to get help. And yeah. so I, God is so good. And so we did send him away, and that was a hard, hard time. Mm. But this community group really helped us. Yeah, yeah um, naturally, when you have to send your only son away, it, uh, it's pretty devastating. We, we uh, were hurting really bad for a while, and I remember we had a group meeting coming up one night, and we talked about it and said, man, we, we don't think we can even be around people right now. And one of our community members said, you have to come because Satan wants you to be isolated right now. You need to come and be with people that can pray for you, can pray over you and lift you up and support you in your troubles. And so for us, the community group, we probably couldn't have gotten through that time without them. They, uh, they're just like our family. And um, to continue the story a little bit, um, for Father's Day, I got to see my son the first time in a year and a half sober. So, you know, God is good. He's yeah. faithful. And yeah. um, we're just really blessed to be in a community group. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, yeah, it is a blessing to hear these stories. And it is a blessing to to understand and get a vision of what um, God's intention for community is. I think you would all probably tell me your community group's not perfect. And I would say that there's probably been some conflict at some point that you guys have had to work out. Um, and so I don't want to give you that picture of community that it is perfect. Um, but it is a group of people that are getting to come together and work through life together. Um, it makes it uh, those moments that just seem totally impossible a little bit easier. It makes those moments that you get to celebrate um, all that much better. And, man, I just want to say thank you guys so much for joining us today. Thank you for uh, being a part of our service. Um, and as we are talking about what 2020 has had for us and looking forward to 2021, man, I can't tell you what 2021 is going to have. I don't have a magic eight ball that's going to give you all the answers. I can't tell you um, if you're going to get that new job. I can't tell you if your parents are going to be all right. I can't tell you if your kid's going to do awesome at school this year. Man, I can't tell you if your car is going to make it one more year. I hope it does, but I can't make that promise to you. Um, I can't tell you if this is going to be your year to meet that special someone. But there are two things that I can tell you about 2021. One, you are going to experience something in 2021 that you want to celebrate that is worth shouting to God and saying, thank you, God. And you're going to experience something in 2021 that is difficult and hard. 
that's just life. We know those things about life. We know that we have things to celebrate and we know that we have things that are gonna be difficult. And God had a plan for that. His intention from the beginning was to provide us community so we didn't have to do it alone. But he sent his son to die for us. He, he was buried in a grave that wasn't his own and he raised again on the third day that we can go into God's presence and be in his presence for eternity. But let me, let me hear, let me hear this. If that was all the purpose of Jesus, man, why did he live here for 33 years? Why did he do ministry with his disciples for three years? Was it just to die at the end so you could spend eternity with God? No, he wanted you to know how to live life. And he did life with people. He did life with his disciples. He poured everything into them. All of those moments in the gospels, man, he is with his people. And if Jesus needed it, I I promise that you need it, right? And I want to invite you into that. So if, if you need that, like we are here to walk alongside you, right? We're here to do life with others in community through the power of Jesus Christ. We think community is so important that we made it one of our core values, right? It is our core value. That doing life together in an authentic yet transforming way that holds one another accountable while encouraging each believer to become more like Christ in every way. So if you're missing either the power of Jesus Christ in your life or the community of Jesus Christ in your life, I have an invitation for you today. Right? You can step over the line of faith and receive the power of Jesus Christ in your life. And if you've already done that or you choose to do that today and you are not in community, you can make that choice too, right? I invite you into that. I'm gonna pray a prayer here in a moment. Um, And if you haven't stepped over the line of faith, I encourage you to do that today and let us know. And if you are ready to join in community, I also encourage you to let us know. You can do that by texting CONNECT, C-O-N-N-E-C-T, to 785-432-4544. Father, I come into your presence and I say thank you for your son. Thank you for the work that he did on the cross. Thank you that his death and his burial and his resurrection allows us to come before you. God, I also thank you for his life, that he lived in a way that shows us how to have meaning and purpose and to reflect who you are to the people around us. And that that's what you've called us to do. You've called us to share who you are with our community, Father. You are a good God, and you give us good things. And we say thank you. In your name I pray, amen.